You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. It's never too soon to start a life plan. It might be too late to dictate your wishes if you don't have documentation in place. Life plans are all about maximizing wealth, protecting assets, and minimizing tax. They're about making sure your wants and needs are protected and your wishes are honored. You can get a lot of good ideas about life planning by going to MacMillanEstate.com and reading the blog topics that are posted. Then call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 and make an appointment to sit down with the Macmillan Estate Planning Professional. The Macmillan team will take you through the process step-by-step and craft a plan specifically suited to your wishes and needs. You can also take in one of their free seminars to learn more about the process of building a life plan. The next seminars are March 26th in Edmonton and the 28th in Calgary. It might be the best 90 minutes you can invest in your own future and the future of those you love. We're back on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. Wayne Nelson with Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel Henry Villanueva. Now, Henry, earlier in the program, just before the break, we were talking about enduring power of attorney as one of the three tiers that a person should be using when planning out their last days. The other, of course, was the last will and testament. And let's turn our focus now to a personal directive. In the last segment, you said that the power of attorney had everything to do with the business side of things and the personal directive everything else. Is that right? That's correct. The power of attorney deals with money and the personal directive deals with everything that is not money. But what does that mean? That's pretty broad. Uh, More specifically, it deals with everything regarding your health care. That means whether to pull the plug or not pull the plug. Your accommodation, which seniors villa am I going to stay in or am I going to stay in uh, my own home? It also deals with whom you may live and associate with. So that means whether I get to have a roommate in the senior's home or I get a room to myself. It also deals with participation in social, educational, and employment activities. So will I get the opportunity to become a Walmart greeter or not? And another thing, it deals with legal matters that do not relate to your estate. Again, not relating to money. And in general, everything under the Personal Directives Act of Alberta. Now, let's go a little bit further into that legal matters not related to the estate. What, what, that, what would that include? Well, these would include, as what we've mentioned, um, the safety of uh, the person who is incapacitated, where they're going to be living, and anything else that is uh, court-assigned or court-judged. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. the court could in- get involved in this particular area. Correct. Now... In a power of attorney, an attorney is appointed. In a personal directive, it's an agent. Is that right? That's correct. Just to make sure that we distinguish between the two, the person appointed as a power of attorney is called an attorney. We don't mean lawyer, but we call him an attorney. The person appointed under a personal directive is not an attorney or a lawyer. He is called an agent. And similar to the power of attorney, we would recommend three tiers of appointment of agent. Usually, the first tier is the spouse. Spouse. And then the second tier would be the children 
correct? And the third tier the would third be... The third tier could be an independent third party or company such as Macmillan Estate Planning. So this seems to be a recurring theme, this, this three-tiered uh, system. Is that common or is this what is recommended? It is common. Again, we recommend that the family of the individual be given the first priority to uh, do the honors of being an agent or a power of attorney. Now, again, we come down to determination of incapacity, just like we did in power of attorney. Are the same requirements held? That's correct. The same requirements ensue for the personal directive determination of incapacity. So we'd always want the agent to sign off and that that agent's sign off must be corroborated by the signature of uh, the doctor or psychologist. Should an agent and an attorney be working in concert? That's a very good point. And yes, our recommendation is yes. Uh, sometimes, well, usually the appointment of agent and uh, power of attorney are the same. However, I've had a lot of experiences where families have uh, a banker son who they appoint as power of attorney and they have a nurse daughter who they appoint as personal directive. And it's because of their professional backgrounds. And is it really necessary that their decisions agreed. I would suspect that there would be cases where where they wouldn't, where the attorney might say, okay, this is the road I'm going to take in terms of the financial management Mm -hmm. that might be in conflict with the ability to carry out personal directive. Mm -hmm. And again, this is to emphasize whose realm this covers. So the power of attorney will only deal with the money, whether to disperse or not disperse, and how much to disperse. Whereas the personal directive agent will determine, given that budget or funding, which senior's home would be best suited given those circumstances. So in this situation that you just talked about, I, I want to be clear on this, Henry. The attorney might only dole out so much money and the agent then would have to abide within that budgetary restriction as to how they can best serve uh, the person under the personal directive. That's correct. And a lot of this has to do with um, uh, how big the estate is. If money is not an issue uh, for the estate, then usually it may go the other way. We may choose a suitable facility and then the power of attorney will just need to disperse funds because funds are not as big of an issue. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the individual situation and this is where there is, a, uh, it would be good advice to seek some professional counsel in preparing a personal directive or power of attorney. Correct. All right. Now let's talk about the powers of the agent. We just briefly did that as to what they can do. If you could just go over the the three main or the main points again, Mm. if you could. So uh, we mentioned quite a couple of uses for the personal directive, but from our experience at Macmillan, uh, there are three main uses for this document. And the first is living arrangements. The second is medical directions. And the last common use is access to records. Uh, Let's go through them each briefly. Sure. Regarding living arrangements, number one, uh, what we usually take into considerations are what are the intentions of the person who signed the personal directive? Do they want to stay in their house or would they rather be moved into a facility better suited to look after them? That's correct. And not just moving into a certain facility, we also have to take into consideration the standard of care and living that they have been accustomed to. So if they're used to nice things, they're used to a beautiful house and a big house with all the luxuries and necessities, they can't be moved to a place that's stingy and dirty. 
All right. And could it also include having a private health care provider come into their house? Correct. Usually uh, the powers of the personal directives include a clause that says that on an as-needed basis, I prefer to stay at home, but if I need help, feel free to send me some caregivers. All right. Now, medical direction, and this one has to be, I think, the most publicized when someone is sick, incapacitated, something happens. This is what we hear about all the time in the media that, oh, so-and-so had the power to... Uh, do not resuscitate, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've got to spell that out. Mm-hmm. So the personal directive, again, is a gift from you to the family that you will be leaving behind or is left the decision to make in regard to uh, medical directions. To remove that stress and that anxiety and that pressure that they would otherwise be under if there wasn't already uh, a stipulation in place. Correct. So the personal directive includes clauses that um, uh, discuss pain, right? If I'm in a situation of pain, uh, am I comfortable receiving powerful drugs or not? Uh, most common uh, clause that I discuss with families for the personal directive is uh, the pull the plug clause, which is very important uh, in cases where you're in a coma or persistent vegetative state or if the only means for you to live is through ventilators, dialysis, or feeding tubes, uh, would you consider uh, withdrawing treatment or pulling the plug, come to say? Do you really call it the pulling the plug clause? It's easier for me to explain to them when I call pull the plug. <laughs> and people know what that means. Of exactly. Course they do. Access to records is something I haven't heard of before. Henry, can you explain what that's about? Well, if you put yourself in a situation where the personal directive is activated, that means you're in a situation that's pretty vulnerable. In a way, we've kind of lost it. And if we're in that situation, we don't want uh, this announced uh, through the radio, but we want this kept pretty secret and confidential. And that's why access to records provides that um, my medical condition be kept uh, private and only shared with those individuals on a need-to-know basis. All right. Henry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to explain in understandable terms all about a personal directive. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Our guest today has been Macmillan Estate Planning Legal Counsel, Henry Villanueva. Now, for more than 20 years, Macmillan Estate Planning has built a reputation as a trusted voice in helping clients protect what they've built over their lifetime and to help them prepare for retirement. I'm Wayne Nelson. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.